Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 105. Altai joined once again by Omer. And this is Big 105. Uh, we got a fun podcast this week. Uh, probably the biggest news is Black Desert on everyone's mind. It launched on Steam. Before we get to that, though, we got to always go to the weekly raid. The weekly Let's do a raid, raid check here. Take it All away, right. Altai. Raid check. Here we go. So. Uh, this week, I saw, besides BDO, several other games uh, either coming to Steam or launching on Steam, and a lot of them happen to be quite old. Um, so the weekly rate is, are you tired of old MMORPGs relaunching? Uh, it's not limited to the Steam, uh, but what, what really piqued my interest in this topic is um, Atlantica Online wants to make a comeback on Steam. And it, while it never really went down, uh, Nexon kind of ditched it, because I guess it wasn't performing that well. So what do you think, Omar? Uh, a lot of these remakes do well, actually, or relaunches, like Mitten 2, uh, Nine mm-hmm. Online. So what do you think? Are you, are you tired of seeing these, you know, like 10-year-old games show up on Steam? Or do you think it's, y- yes, it's okay? Yes, definitely, definitely tired. A bit more so, um, like, the thing that grinds my gears a bit more is that we, we, we often get games that kind of get rebranded as new here in the West that aren't actually new. I think before we started streaming, you said Critical Online actually came out in, like, 2012 in Korea. And despite yep. launching in like 2012, the game is you know, just actually launched the closed beta uh, this last week in North America through in mass. So this game that's been out for a while is kind of being relaunched and rebranded as something special, something new. And you know, not to bash on the game itself, but it, it's not a new game. It's an old game. And we've, we've seen this quite a bit. A lot of old games, even Blade and Soul, when that game launched in America, it was already years, years old. Even Black Death Online, now, by the time it launched in America, it was already out in uh, South Korea for some time. So that kind of grabs my gears a bit more. It's a little bit easier to ignore the really like old stuff. I mean, the fact that like Suba Games exists is a little bit uh, a little bit cringy too. If you take a look at some of the Suba Games titles, I'll, I'll just drop you a quick link over here. Podcast chat directly. Uh, you have games like Ace Online. You have games like uh, you have Divine Souls. There is nobody out there that still plays Divine Souls. There can't be. That game is so like old and dead. This was a game that uh, I think Outspark tried to launch like ages ago. I would remember Outspark. They published Fiesta Online, but then they shut down, you know, forever ago. Like, Outspark was around when we first did MMOHOT, like, forever ago. And their their failed game was picked up by Super Games and has been in operation with them for a long time. But again, that game's got no chance of success. I don't think more than, like, 20 people even play that game. And it's just weird to see a lot of these old games, you know, still just relaunching, reviving, and just, just get in the grave and stay in the grave, is, is yeah. my feelings. Oh man, Ace Online, that brings back memories, that one. But uh, the, I guess <clears throat> the reason I worded it this way is because from my perspective, right, you know, I try to, we try to cover all the new releases and often it's, it's, it's part, you know, discouraging when, um, when more than half of releases these days uh, in the genre are actually not, you know, new games being released, but old games coming back. So maybe, mm-hmm. I think I just got tired of uh, seeing so much necromancy rather than uh, new games. But I can see the point, of, you know, from the side of the players. If you're a fan of one of these games, you know, when it relaunches on Steam especially, it becomes a lot more accessible. It breathes new mm-hmm. life into it. So, yeah, obviously, if a game I like relaunched, I would like it. But when I have to kind of cover every single one of these or look into every <laughs> single one of these, it kind of it kind of gets, you know, shall we say, you know, grinding. <laughs> Actually, Legend of Ares was one of those games that I think when it kind of launched, you know, relaunched again. Like, this game is was really old. It was... Uh, gone for a long time and it, it was gone for years and it relaunched as well both on steam and on uh super and on play red fox rather but it's I, I i don't know i don't know if there's room in the market for games like legends of Ares anymore i do see room for stuff like Metin 2 launching on steam only because despite a game being old 
it doesn't mean it's dead. I have no problem with those games, right? Like expanding to Steam if your game is still old and still big is perfectly fine. I think a perfect example of that would be Decaron. I actually had a first look for Decaron relatively recently. And this game, it's not that it relaunched, it's been around for a long time, but if I see this game go to Steam, I wouldn't be surprised, only because the game is unbelievably popular. Let me go ahead and drop you a link on this real quick. But actually, I haven't played Decker in a long time. The last time I played this game was back when it was called Two Moons. Uh, drop the link. Go to like two minutes in that video if you can. Actually, a minute 30 and you'll be good to go. But I played this game when it was called Two Moons. It was published by uh, Acclaim. Like, this is an old game. This is like eight years old, nine years old, if not older than that. But uh, you know, it was really popular when it was under Acclaim. I didn't know it was still popular today. And I logged into my first look, and I was astounded that it was still so busy. So you know, a lot of these old-school games do have hardcore player bases that stick with the game. And you know, ex expanding these games as Steam is perfectly fine. It's just weird to see stuff like Legend of Ares get relaunched. You know, Karos Returns. This is an oddball game. It shut down like twice, and for some reason, Red Fox picked it back up. This was a, you know, this is not a game I don't think anyone's really going to miss if it shuts down. I got, if, you're, I have... if you're a hardcore Karos fan out there, Call me out on this, all right? I'm curious. Is there any hardcore Karos Returns fans out there? I, I have only know. I have only have one question. Why is there a giant Caterpie or Weedle <laughs> in town in this Decaron video? Yeah, because it's a great game. Uh, I, <laughs> that's the only correct answer to that. It looks amazing. <laughs> that pet is amazing. Like the cool thing about that game, actually, it's worth mentioning. I, I don't want to get too ranted about gushing about it. I mean, it, it is an old game, right? But like. The, the attack animations in Decron are phenomenal. You would think that a, a game that old... Let me pull up the exact release date though, real quick before I start saying it's too old. But that game has amazing uh, combat animation. I'm going to show you a video in a bit too. So it came out in 2007, making it about 10 years old right now. Let me show you a Decron PvP video. If you see some of the attack animations, they look astounding. Like, for such an old game, like they look really like in-depth. Like, in you, know, you see some really cool shit. And some games, if you, have, if you have good attack animation and skill animations, it makes you kind of want to play the game just because like, the attacks look really cool. So I'm going to link you a really low-quality video. I just can't find the video I saw earlier. Maybe you find a better video later. Right, well, while yeah. you look for that, uh, yeah. uh, I want to bring up something else that this old game kind of reminds me of. We're kind of, mm -hmm. So and this, I guess we can kind of transition to the next subject here. When, I, you know, when I'm watching this video, I see a lot of people in town. Yeah. Uh, this is something also Black Desert is very lively right now. But I want to compare mm -hmm. that to... Uh, Conan Exiles. Okay, I gave this game a lot of shit when it came out because this was a game I was excited for. We were all excited. We actually did a stream, right? We were all trying to play on a server together. Mm -hmm. We tried to play on our official server and our own server that we were paying for. And guess what? We couldn't do it. You couldn't have more than 20 people about on a server in this giant, you know, sandbox game or else it would just, just you know, stutter and rubber band to death. Mm -hmm. How is it that these old games, uh, like these uh, Decoron even, can handle yeah. so many users on a server where new games can't. And some people are going to say something like, well, it's different because it's a sandbox and you can like make stuff, right? Yeah. Well, what about Minecraft and stuff? There's like, you can, you can have hundreds of people on the server. Uh, if everyone watching thousands. this... Thousands. It, it might, I don't know. It might lag at a thousand. I have no idea. But if everybody watching yeah. this, we all if we all jumped on a Minecraft server, right? And we built houses mm -hmm. and shit, it wouldn't lag. Like, we'd be fine. No, it wouldn't. So why is it that uh, Funcom or can't, can't figure this out? Um uh, I don't know. It, it boggles my mind. And it actually came up. They actually tried to defend themselves, which I found pretty amusing. Let me bring mm -hmm. that up. Well, that's pretty funny, too. The, their response is pretty silly. Honestly, I do think... Uh, look, I, I do want to say I played uh, Conan Exiles for a decent while. I played only on my server, as well as one official server for a short while. But I think I got my money's worth out of that game. I mean, I got 50 hours of gameplay in. 
you know, which is it's not that much for a sandbox game, but I played for 50 hours. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, but the game had some serious issues. Uh, most notably, as you pointed out, the lag issues. Like, how could a company like Funcom, <laughs> which has, you know, a history of building rich and more PGs, you know, large-scale more PGs, fail so hard at their launch, and they can't, they can't even handle 60 players. They had to limit to 40 or something crazy. Yes, and guys, just so you all know, the current official server player cap on Conan Exiles is still 40. And um, so there was a recent... Uh, thread where they kind of answer some you know questions from players uh and i think they handled it very poorly uh the wording so here was their response when people complained about the lack of updates uh, let me ask this back to you what should we do that we aren't already doing the team is working as fast as they legally work we have opened a bunch of new positions to hire and we are making steps to improve the game in every patch uh, they also said they're working with third-party studios that are going to you know help them on certain features well, I mean, here's one piece of advice. Since they're asking me, right? They're, they want my advice. So here it goes. Ready? Fire everyone you have working on it now. Hire everyone. Okay, find whoever's still around. Hire the people who built Anarchy Online, right? Because that game had more than 40 players online at a time. It didn't <laughs> lag, right? So hire those people because they know how to make games that are multiplayer. And, and there you go. Problem fixed. So uh, that's my advice. Uh, a bit harsh, but I do think it's it really is unacceptable. Look. When we played uh, Conan Exiles in the first launch, I kind of forget how long it's been. I'm going to check Steam right now. Look, I gave them the benefit of the doubt, right? I feel like, okay, look, the game launched a little too ambitious. I couldn't handle the 60-plus players. So whatever, you know. The fact that today, literally months after launch, they still can't handle more than 40 players on official servers, that's unacceptable. Yeah, it launched in January, okay? How long has that been? It's like six months, and you still can't play with more than 40 players on a single server. That's bullshit. That's awful. You can play Rust today with 300, 400 players on Rustified, and, you know, it works fine. And even with 30 players, I remember the servers being hella laggy. That is unacceptable that you have a game like Conan Exiles that's sold so well, a company like Funcom that has a history of building massively multiplayer games, that even six months after their early access launch, they couldn't get, like, the basic fundamentals down. Forget the balance. Forget the new content. Fix the basic shit, you know? This is the, the building blocks are awful and they couldn't get that done right and i still enjoyed the game but i it just it's embarrassing that this is an issue for them uh what i find amusing too is the last line okay so anyway he's basically justifying it by saying listen we're doing all we can we hired a lot of people you know we hired third-party studios we're doing a lot of stuff okay i can buy that right i can buy all that so far but the way he ends this um answer is kind of like rubbing salt in the wound of players like kind of like a kind of like uh like an insult to players in like a backhanded way. He says, because after all, this is early access. Like, whoa, I can I can I do what, that. I can do whatever I want, guys. I took your money, but it's early access, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> the fact that he said that like made it so much worse. <laughs> Everything else is, you know, whatever. Like uh, it's acceptable. It's a little bad that they're, they're defending themselves. I get it, right? But to say it's early access after you took everyone's money and it's been like six months. That doesn't that I don't know, that doesn't show really class on their part. <laughs> they they should just restrain from saying that. It kind of uh, reinforces the idea that like these early access games are shit and players have a right to kind of be upset about them because developers can just use that excuse, oh, it's early access, rip derp, and then that's like a free pass to every little issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them, I'll be balanced here. They did say a few good things. Like, for example, they mm-hmm. mentioned as for forcing our creative choices on players because people were complaining about that. Let mm-hmm. me be clear we are making the game we have envisioned, okay? And trying to incorporate some feedback, which makes sense. You know, you can't just pander to players that want everything. So they say, look, we got an idea for the game. That's what we're working mm-hmm. on. That's fine. I accept that. That's great. Um, yeah. But uh, the previous one was bad. The previous uh, answer. <laughs> so yeah, Conan Exiles is still a thing. I don't know if you guys, anyone out there is still playing it. 
I'll check it out when I can play with more than 20 people. Uh, that's what I'm waiting for. Uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe I mean, We'll see how long it stays in early access. But yeah. again, switch gears a tiny bit back. I do want to show you this because I thought this was actually pretty cool. Oh, you did find the video? Nice. I did find one of the videos. So th this, this video starts off at like 2 minutes, 30 seconds. It shows you some PvP in the game. And, and really... People do play this game of PvP even today. It's Decker on an older game. But like, one thing I feel like we've kind of lost in a lot of MMORPGs, like, just pay attention to the tech and the skill animations, right? They look kind of cool. Come on. Like, I feel like like one of the things that really attracted me to MMORPGs and what makes me like really want to get higher level in a lot of games, it worked in MapleStory, but even newer games, Final Fantasy XIV, some of the skill animations in that game look really cool. And when I see other players doing some really cool skill animations in town, I'm like, yo, I want to get the higher level so I can do the cool skills, right? <laughs> Like, it's one of the few visual cues you get in game yep. for like wanting to progress. And it's not just that, it's armor as well. I know you complained a lot about Blade and Soul's lack of uh, like visual changes on armor. Yeah. Like when you see somebody in town with the glowing armor, the badass looking armor, even if it looks kind of cheesy, right? Like you want to get to that point. But when everyone kind of looks the same and you don't have those really cool visuals, it really discourages you from leveling up. It is a small thing, but I feel like a lot of MMORPGs have been have lost on that. You know, a Decron, for example, when you upgrade your gear, it just it does the upgrade alone makes it more shiny and changes it a little bit, and it gives you like encouragement to make yourself like more badass. And some people might look at this and say it's not badass; this is retarded. But like, I, I think it looks kind of cool. And obviously, it's a ten-year-old game, but for a ten-year-old game, the skill animations are definitely not bad. And these aren't the best examples. It's a random PP video I found. It's actually in HD. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I like, I like some of the animations. Like, there's one with a flame hammer coming down on the guy mm -hmm. in the cast. That's pretty cool. So many MMORPGs, the skill animations are very uninspiring. It, like, yeah, I get it. There's a fireball, right? It blows up. Herp, derp. There's like a zero effort like <clears throat> thing. Some of them in Black Dice look, look pretty cool, but like there's nothing that really goes crazy over the top and like badass, you know, like Lord of Vermilion in Ragnarok Online. Like you sit in town, you see somebody use Lord of Vermilion. Like, holy shit, that looks badass, right? Like mm -hmm. certain skill animations look really cool. Perhaps Bro is not the best example because a lot of skill animation is pretty awful, but some of the you know, the major ones look really badass. I think I think a key tenant in an MMORPG should be just by looking at someone or looking at his mm -hmm. his abilities or attacks, you should be able to tell how strong he is, right? Or you should be able to yeah. tell he's much stronger than you, at least. Um, it doesn't have to be through glowing gear, but it has to be mm -hmm. some kind of cue, like some kind of visual cue. It can be subtle, but it just got to be there. IMO. Actually, there's a pretty funny Reddit post on that ages ago, like free-to-play versus a pay-to-win user. Like the free-to-play users got like this plate mail on and stuff, and the pay-to-win user got like this bikini on and like no clothing. <laughs> yeah, I've that's seen the that. way a lot of these games end up looking. I actually do have a bikini on my uh, character in Black Desert Online. All right. Oh really? It was uh, well worth like the five dollars I spent on that ages ago. Nice. <laughs> I kind of look mega kawaii. But uh -oh. yeah, you do need stuff like skill animations, uh, characters to look badass. That's like the one thing that really makes me want to like get stronger. And it's unfortunate you don't see that in a lot of games. Uh, it's unfortunate. Well, next thing I want to bring up uh, has to do, again, it kind of ties into the Conan Exiles thing. So uh, people in chat have been mentioning that one of the problems the game is having, or the reason it's having these problems, is because of the engine choice, Unreal. And Unreal, as mm -hmm. we know, is made mainly for shooting games, right? First-person shooters, yeah. uh, like Unreal Tournament. Um, the problem with porting that or using that for MMORPGs has been, has been pretty... Uh, uh, common problem. For example, Bless uses Unreal 3, and it's, you know, it was a disaster in terms of optimization. Disaster. Good game, unoptimized disaster. Yep. So, one problem I have with a uh, upcoming game, I know you hate talking about it, but here it is again, Ashes of Creation. Ashes of Creation, you guys, look, my biggest issue, or concern, I should say, is not with the 
it's not with the team of people working on it. It's not with the funding method of like the little uh, referral mm-hmm. thing. These are all you know, question marks. But my biggest issue is Unreal Four. Are these the guys that are gonna, that are going to crack the netcode issue and write the proper you know proprietary uh, software required to run uh, an MMORPG on Unreal without it you know lagging to pieces? Um, I don't know. That, that will get, you know all the gameplay we've seen so far. You know they're very keen on saying, "Look, we got gameplay. This game is you know we're, we're already funded. Yeah. We already got gameplay." Everything they show is just the one guy or that one sorcerer, right? Just walking around uh, by himself. Like there's no, there's literally no other players anywhere. And I think one of the reasons for that is because uh, the the world there's they no have. Game yet. Well, there's 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 a single player game, I think. Or no, I don't think there's that either. I, really? I think they, they they have an engine. They made a map, and they they made a character walk around that map, and that's really all we've really seen. And no, no, we've seen attacks. We've seen them attack like a wolf, or maybe scripted. Yeah. I don't know, but. They create a scripted event with one monster and some basic combat animations, but like the game isn't there yet. And honestly, the more I see people get excited about what little quote-unquote gameplay we've seen on Astro Creation, makes me really want to just download Unreal Engine 4, go to the Unreal Engine asset store, buy a map, buy a character, and then just show a character walking around him, and, and then start talking out of my ass about like, we're going to have all these changing worlds, we're going to have emergent gameplay, we're going to have in-game physics, we're going to have all these cool ideas, and like, it just... And I, I think an hour of just importing assets in there. Well, there, there won't be any actual content. Maybe we should do that one day. We can do that, but to, in their credit, uh, they say a lot of their stuff is not uh, off the store. It's custom stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I have no reason to think they're lying about that because it's so easy to check. You yeah. know, like I don't think they'd lie about that. So my bigger issue with them, like I said, is you're, uh, they're basically just showing you know nothing, just walking around the, a finished map. Let's say. Um, so are they going to be able to make it work? They have the money for it. Uh, this the. Yeah. The team behind it actually has said, if we don't get to, if we don't, you know, if we don't release, the CEO said he's going to personally refund everyone on Kickstarter. Look, uh, you know, we've talked a lot of shit about actual creation. I do want to say I respect that position he took. The guy's a millionaire, a multi-multi-millionaire, uh, Mr. Sharif. So multi-level millionaire. A multi-level millionaire. <laughs> there you go from his MLM days. But the fact that he says that kind of gives me some hope. And at least, uh, you know, if he... If for some reason it doesn't happen, he backs out, his reputation will be shot. But the fact that he's, he's putting his reputation on the line makes me a little more, you know, I can respect him a bit more that he does that. So props to him for saying that, that he will personally give everyone a guarantee. Obviously, this is not a contractual obligation. He can just say, go fuck yourself, guys, if anything, if shit hits the fan. But the fact that he says, you know, he's going to backstop it makes me, you know, at least respect the guy and the project a bit more. And I still hope the, hope the, the best, despite yeah. my skepticism. And I still think, I think they're sincere. Okay, so people yeah. say who say it's a scam. I think it's going too far, because mm-hmm. the guy's the guy's got plenty of money. He doesn't have to waste his time with this stuff. Yeah. You know, if he wants to scam, he, he I this, agree. Yeah, this guy right. already knows how to scam, right? That's how he made his money. So it's not like he needs to do this for a scam. So yeah, I think it's sincere as well. It's a sincere a project. Say it was, yeah. yeah. Now whether or not he's, he can, you know, form a competent competent enough team and figure all this out, that's a separate issue. That, but that's not a sincerity issue. Mm-hmm. So there and it is. If- before we get to BDO, which I think is the biggest launch of the week and probably the biggest launch of the year, really, uh, I want to talk briefly about uh, Elder Scrolls uh, Morrowind because you've been playing that a little bit over the over the last week <laughs> or so. I see every time I go on Discord, I see uh, I peek over at your name and it says Altai is playing Zenimax online. Yes, I've been. Is, yeah, the I bought day. it. The I believe the day or the second day that the the PC pre-release version came out. Uh, it's forty bucks. So first of all, I want to get this out of the way. It's not worth forty bucks if you know if your job isn't to play these games, right? So I wouldn't recommend it for that. But I mean, if you, if you really enjoy the game, come on. If you already sink like uh, five hundred plus hours into ESO, at, at forty bucks to get another like 
hundreds of hours of entertainment, oh, 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 say it's no, no, worth no. it. Even people who play the game are saying it's not okay. worth it. Uh, we people are saying they kind of feel um, as if <coughs> they're feeling they feel like as if um, the size and scope of the expansion didn't meet their uh, the hype, shall we say? Um, so the whole Morrowind Island is there, besides the little islands off the coast. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff, like that people complain, one is smaller than smaller in scale than the original Morrowind map, and people are saying a lot of the caves and stuff you can't go in, so it's it's it doesn't have this full depth of the original in Elder Scrolls Three game world. So a lot of a lot of the stuff is you know back in uh, I don't know if you, anyone out there played the ESO games, but it's a big open world where there's a lot of nooks and crannies you can go into that aren't part mm-hmm. of like the main quest line. So apparently there's less of that here. Um, I'm I'm enjoying it, but here's the thing: they people say there's about I think they said 30 hours of content. That's pretty light. Yeah, yeah. So they sold it as an expansion, or no, they hyped it as an expansion, but they're not calling it an expansion. They're calling it a chapter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a, it's kind of like a cheat. So I'd say it's worth maybe. And also, there's websites already selling it for less than 40. Like G2A, our favorite site, uh, is selling <laughs> the game for between I think about 25 dollars. They say. So, I'm going to look right now, actually. I'm curious. Yeah, I, I just got it on Steam like the second I saw it, so I didn't look into it. But if you if you look, shop around, I think the lowest it's been on like some shady website is $20. I see $23 right now on, on G2A, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is pretty crazy because you know it's it's like, what, 40 bucks on Steam? And the funny thing is it didn't even launch yet. Oh, it didn't like officially launch yet. Like, it launched mm-hmm. sometime in June. This, this is like the pre-order, uh, you know, like pre-release, early access um, mm-hmm. uh, session. I was actually going to buy this because I saw you playing and I was like, you know what, look, I had fun, you know, I kind of want to try it because the thing about the Scrolls Online is the cool thing is you can kind of, you know, explore the new content if you want right away because basically anywhere you go, all the content is kind of leveled up to your level. So, you can, you know, you can explore that more with nostalgia, have fun with it without actually having to grind through all the early content to get there. I'd log into my ZeniMax account. I click on upgrade, right, to get the expansion. Like, 40 bucks. It's a bit much. It's a bit steep. And uh, I didn't buy it. It was in my cart, ready to go buy. And like forty bucks, I couldn't do it. I couldn't justify it. Uh, the fact that I'm seeing it right now for twenty five on G two A, I might do it because uh, I, I maybe I can swallow twenty five bucks for it, no problem. But forty seemed a bit much, especially I, considering the base game is like twelve bucks or something, very low on G two A, and like even on Steam, the base game is much cheaper than the expansion. Uh, yeah, and here's the thing. First of all, I'm having fun, right? I'm, like Mark yeah. said, he sees me online. I'm playing. I'm having a good time. Yeah. But here's the thing about. Elder Scrolls, and it's a good comparison with Black Desert, which also recently launched on Steam. Elder Scrolls Online, first of all, you can start level one uh, on Morrowind, so you don't have to do any of the old stuff if you don't want to, until you finish the content here. It's mm-hmm. great, but it's a completely a one-player experience. Like, I'm playing, right? I'm doing all this quest. Everything is everything is voiced. Every little NPC is voiced. Every side quest is voiced. Everything is voiced. Mm-hmm. But, but they took so... I feel like they went out of their way to make sure you don't talk to anyone. The chat is invisible by default. So unless oh, like you, how is that a mo then? If the chat is invisible by default, then if if you go to like your inventory, like with I or B or whatever yeah. or C for skill or whatever, then then you can see the chat. But by default, it's invisible. So and as you're walking around, there's no reason to ever interact with other players. There's almost zero challenge. Like no, actually not almost. There is zero challenge. It's kind of like an Asian game at this point where you no, know, mm-hmm. I you know sometimes I'm even like at level five. If you don't use a single skill point or stat point, you you there's, there's no trouble killing the mobs. There's absolutely zero difficulty. So that's kind of, you know, sad, I think. Um, People in the chat are saying that it's uh, all of ESO is a one-player experience. And, you know, I think we, we've kind of, you know, opined about this quite a bit in the past. But it is, you know, frustrating to play a game. and Basically, it being a one-player experience, I, I do think uh, games should encourage teamwork a bit more, whether it's, you know, 
putting very difficult enemies in certain quests or whatnot. But and those are supposed to be multiplayer games. Come on, you got you got to encourage a teamwork a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But so long through everything, this isn't fun. Having said that, having said that, you know, I, I just shat on the game, right? But I'm still playing it. Yeah. Why? Because sometimes you want to play an RPG, right? So mm-hmm. if you want to play an RPG that with, with really high production value, with uh, everything voiced, you know, with a beautiful world, great soundtrack. Uh, maybe if you played if you played the original yeah, Morrowind with some nostalgia thrown in, uh, it's worth the you know it's worth twenty bucks. Maybe ideally wait till it's fifteen. I think that's a sweet spot. You know, one month of subscription time for a premium you know, MMORPG uh, for like thirty hours, forty hours, whatever you want to spend mm-hmm. here. So fifteen dollars is my sweet spot. Uh, and if you're looking for you know a single player RPG with some multiplayer dungeons at the end, you, you want to play a single player MMORPG, guys? Go play it. <laughs> yeah, no, no don't. don't don't think of it as an RPG, honestly. Just think of it as an RPG with like chat, you know, like. <laughs> but yeah, you know, even saying all that, uh, you still are playing it, so that's definitely uh, that's definitely good. And uh, and there are raids though. There, so for people who get to the late game, right, who finish everything, mm-hmm. uh, there are like old school like WoW style raids, you know, raid bosses. And here's a video I'm showing. Uh, this is, I think, the third time in this, you know, uh, this boss has been defeated on hard mode or whatever it is. So it, it is hard, you know. It, you can't just you know form a pickup group and finish any yeah. content. So there is some challenge, some old school grind. You know, you see all the little bars here of all the team members. Uh, so it's got all plus, that. Yeah. But ninety nine percent of the players are gonna play like an RPG. But plus, you know, everything I've heard about the boss mechanics too are really fun. You know, I think uh, fun boss mechanics are always uh, you know make those dungeons way more interesting. And you know, most of the dungeons are usually just grinding through it. But when you get to the boss, you can do some fun boss mechanics to defeat it. So it can, and ESO is supposed to do that really well too. Yep. and actually, we we played or the original, not not Marwin, mm-hmm. for uh, for a uh, Sunday Funday, right, or Grind Fest, and I think we had a pretty good time with that dungeon. It was hard, but but doable, so it was fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually looking at the the Steam charts for the game. Uh, again, this is just the pre-release. I think it's coming out on June 6th, or the week of June. And I think we'll see more numbers after that. I, the game didn't get a huge boost, but ESO, you know, has been steadily sitting as one of the most played MMORPGs on Steam for a while. So yeah, it's still doing well. It continues to do well. Definitely the most played MMORPGs on there, but it didn't get the giant boost on Steam that you'd expect from like a big new MMORPG launch. Yeah, and I think the reason is because this game, I feel, is starting to cater towards your uh, console users. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the game has said a few months ago that their player base is split about evenly between you know PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, which means two thirds of their players are console players. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that Steam uh, is not the only place to play this game. It launched, you know, on its own launcher uh, for years. So it's, it's kind of divided in that terms. But one thing I love about this game, this one server. Oh, God. Th- God bless. God one bless. Server. One, one server, server is the way to go. Yep. And uh, BDO does this as well. People complain about the channels kind of being busy and laggy. But I would rather deal with, you know, swapping channels once in a while than uh, a fragmented player base. So I love the fact that both these games have a single server. That's what Grandma gears a lot about a lot of MMORPGs. The way BDO handles it is pretty beautiful. You got the one server, many channels. And the way, you know, ESO does it is one server. You'd think from the get-go, somebody would have realized that, like, there's no... Like, you just piss off your players by making all these servers. Like, why? It just restricts players from playing with each other. It hurts the community by having a smaller player base. The in-game economy is less vibrant with less players. It just everything works better with one server, multiple channels. And you can even have, like... Basically, each server could just be a different channel anyway. Just let them swap between them. Like, this is such common sense. But, like, we're only starting to see MMORPGs kind of do it now, you know? Even ever 14 has got the many, many, uh, many servers. And I hate that model. And it sucks. <laughs> uh, one more 
interesting adventure you know, uh, story from my Elder Scroll time. It's really it does a lot of things that I feel um, like what's it called? Shroud of the Avatar uh, does this too. Where there's a lot of small touches that kind of make you feel more immersed. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, like I, w- I was in this part, of, I was doing a quest in this like uh, one area. And, oh, by the way, surprisingly, there's not that much stuff that are instanced. Like the caves you go to in, in Elder Scrolls are, um, pers- you know, they're open world, so other players are in there too. It's not like uh, it's not like Star Wars. In Star Wars, every other quest sends you to a mini instance zone, so that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But here it's all open, whatever. And I was in this one area doing a quest, and I was killing. You're supposed to sneak past these NPCs, right? You're not supposed to kill them. Uh, but I, I just killed them. Cause I, I didn't care. And I, I'm looting mm-hmm. them, right? And when you loot them, they have really good loot. I was surprised. I'm like, wow, this this stuff sells for like ten times what the other stuff sells for. So I loot it all. Every time you loot it, though, it counts as stealing because you're not supposed to kill those guys. So what, mm-hmm. I actually built up a huge bounty. Uh, if you steal stuff or kill people you're not supposed to, you get a bounty on your head by the NPCs, and you can't go to town or else they arrest you. Know they they come at you, and you got to hand everything over plus pay them. If you can't, they they kill you. Uh, wow. So it's kind of hardcore in that sense. I had to actually just chill outside town for like half an hour before I could come back in before my bounty went down. So that was pretty cool. So you, you can't just willy-nilly like just kill and steal um, as you want. That's pretty crazy. That's cool. Yeah. But can't you uh, like can't you get your friend to kill you and hand in your head for the bounty? It's like just the NPC bounty with you. You're, nobody else can hand it. It's just with you, right? Uh, it's just with you. It's, and it's, okay. it's NPC. It's, it's your deal with the NPCs in town. It's not like uh, it's not like there's mm-hmm. no like open PvP or anything. That's pretty cool still. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we can compare uh, how. ESO is doing on Steam with how BDO is doing on Steam. Yeah, BDO is absolutely killing it right now. If you, uh, I mean, since its launch, it's been getting higher and higher player base numbers uh, all week. Peaking at Memorial Day yesterday, about 19,000 players just on Steam. Uh, we talked about, you know, this is a pretty cool measure because this is like the first time we're seeing a big MRPG that's launching on Steam that's been out already where. You know, you can't just use your regular account. You know, people that are playing on Steam didn't have an account before. You had to rebuy the game on Steam. So that's about 19,000 people that bought the game again. That, well, not more than that because it's just concurrent players. So everyone playing on Steam had to buy the game again. So the actual player base is actually much higher because plenty of people were playing BDO off of Steam. So there, I mean, I think one one source put it over 100,000 sales for the yep. game in the first week, which is, you know, pretty incredible. Seeing the game, you know, explode in popularity inspired me to log back into the game. So I was playing some video earlier today. It was like a 50 GB download. So I downloaded it and played it, you know, got on today. And I do feel like they changed some things. They did speed things up a bit. I was going to make a striker character, which is a new class that just came out. But before I wanted to make a new class, I wanted to log into my old character, check out my kawaii-ness with my, you know, my in-game bikini I paid like five bucks for. And I, I grinded for a bit. And because there's a double XP event going on, and if you never played video yet, you can get it on Steam for, I think, six bucks right now. I think that sale ends tomorrow. Again, I don't know how often they'll, they'll do that sale. I Probably not the last time. If you miss it, no big deal. Just wait look another sale later. Or you can just get the game for free on the official website and play for seven days. But I logged back in. I grinded a bit. And I feel like they sped things up a bit because I gained seven levels in an hour. Whereas before, it was taking me much longer to level up. I was only level 30, so I got 30 to 37 in like an hour. like Which is pretty nuts because I, I would grind you know, the, the monastery place for like much longer. It would take me a long time to level up. Maybe I was just doing it wrong. But yeah, it's. I feel like they sped it up. But it, it just playing the game and grinding again made me realize just kind of how beautiful the game is. Uh, combat animation is super smooth. It runs really well. It just it just felt nice to grind. I mean, it's it reminded me of Maple Story, and I think we mentioned this when we first played BDO, because the grinding mechanic was Maple Story is pretty grindy too. But like something about the grind made it fun. Like I, I don't know, it just felt very satisfying to pull a lot of enemies together and kill them. 
Now, not a lot of games have that anymore. Usually you pull one enemy, you kill it, or two or three, right? But in BDO, you pull like, like five, six enemies, sometimes, you know, as many as you can get. Certain areas are more populated, but you want to pull as many things as you can and just AOE kill all of them. And it just feels so satisfying, you know, because of the action combat too. So I don't know. It just reinvigorated my my enjoyment of some some grind. And obviously it's not for everyone, but I think if you never played it, it's definitely one of the biggest MMORPG launch of the year. We gave it the MMOs.com Best MMORPG of 20, 2016 award. So if you never played it, play it for free on uh, you know BlackDesertOnline.com. Or if you don't mind paying up six bucks, just get it on Steam yeah. as well. But there's think, a free trial. I think it's worth mentioning, guys. It's doing really well. Uh, it's a gorgeous game. And for $6 on Steam, I think if you're if you're like a fan of MMORPGs and you haven't tried it, it's a must-buy. Just buy it for six bucks and just try it. Uh, it looks gorgeous. I think I think you'll get your money's worth. Just like in the first hour, just like experiencing what the game has to offer, and the, and like you get your money's worth the character creator, right? That yeah. awesome character creation screen. Yeah, and you know, people, a lot of the a lot of the guys who play it a lot complain. They're saying, "Well, you know, you know, don't play it. It's too grindy. It's it's not fun. Late game, end game. There's too much grind." Well, look, if you got to end game, you know, you got so many dozens of hours of enjoyment already, and maybe it's not worth it for thirty dollars and whatever you spend in the cash shop. But if you just want to try it, six dollars. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get your money's worth, definitely. I still remind you of all those Steam reviews for various MMORPGs saying like this sucks. This user has played for twelve hundred fifty like twelve hundred fifty hours and he <laughs> says this sucks. Come on, bro, you spend that much time on the game. Look, I, I don't think the game is perfect, right? And uh, I'm looking at the reviews that they're quoting, uh, like on their accolades from MMORPG.com, the most unique offering the genre has had in years. Can something be the most unique? It's either unique or it's not. How's it varying degrees of unique? I know we talked about this before. That's pretty funny, the grammar on that. But look, the game isn't like groundbreaking, but like it, it brings a lot of things we haven't seen in a while. You have a large, persistent world, one massive world, right? Like Revelation had that as well. But like very, very few modern MMORPGs have that. You know, Blade of the Soul has actually combat, but it had very segmented areas. You know, a lot of MMORPGs have segmented areas. This is one giant, persistent world. You have gorgeous graphics, buttery, smooth gameplay, and, and I would say genuinely fun combat. But the combat, it's not as tactical as something like Blade and Soul, in my opinion, because that plays a little more like a fighting game. But it's definitely one of the most fun, you know, core combat mechanics I've seen in an RPG. It really just, for me, personally, for some reason, I still kind of view the core combat as some, like, 3D action-y Maple Story because it's got that same feel of pulling tons of mobs, AOE killing everything, and it feels great for me. But I agree with you. For six bucks, I, I don't think you can go wrong. But uh, if you're super cheap, get the free trial. <laughs> but everyone is playing now, too. All the servers are full. You'll get like that, you know, almost like the new player experience of a new, you know, everyone's in the beginner areas. You're all kind of grinding through all that stuff together. And I know we're happy the game a lot, but it's it's pretty fun. I know, um, I know, I, I never got to like late game in this game, but from what I've heard, it's kind of open PvP in certain areas, right? And I think they did a good service by allowing uh, the Steam users their own channels temporarily. So there are temporary channels that can only be played by Steam users, uh, played on by Steam users. And that's to give them kind of a breathing room for th to level up, and uh, so they don't have to compete directly with the people who've been playing for like a year. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting. Another interesting point. Someone in chat mentioned earlier that we were giving um, Conan Exiles a lot of shit for not being able to handle more than you know forty players or twenty players. Whereas, mm -hmm. uh, and he's complaining that in Black Desert, if there's more than twenty players on a screen, it, it kind of stutters, right? Well, here's the mm -hmm. difference: twenty people on a screen is different than twenty people on the whole server, you know. <laughs> Conan Exiles, if there are 20 people on the server on opposite ends of the huge map, you're going to lag. That's true. There could be nobody in sight for 20 minutes, right, in, in Conan yep. Exiles, and you're going to lag if there's 20 people on the server. 
So it's not the same thing. Even if even if what he's saying is true, and I don't know what kind of potato computer he's on, but even if what he's saying is true, it, it's still way better than Conan Exiles. It's not yeah, it's not a fair example at all. You were lagging Conan Exiles in your own house, like in the middle of the desert where there's nobody else around, and it would be a regular occurrence. You know, BDO, you have on a single server, even a single channel, thousands of players online, and it ran and it runs really smooth when you're just grinding and doing your own thing. And I saw plenty of people walk by. Yeah, you go to town, it can be laggy over there. And you know, if, if you're in a busy area, the game demands a pretty high system requirement. I think people are saying 16 GB RAM is good if you're in a busy area and you want to play in high settings. So a pretty demanding game, but it's I, I think it's a much it pulls off the massiveness much better than Conan Exiles. So not even comparable. Yeah, I actually want to try it again after the after the podcast. Maybe I I haven't tried. I bu- here's the thing: for six bucks, I bought it on Steam, even though I, even though I have an account already. So I'm gonna make a new character probably, uh, mm-hmm. and see and see you know how I do. <laughs> that's pretty crazy though you just rebought the game on steam for the convenience of steam and there you go that's why people love steam you know my brother was willing to rebuy a game he already had just for the pleasure of being able to log in on steam uh, i i just re downloaded the game from the official website because i did not want to spend another six bucks because i already bought the game uh, ages ago so I, I i didn't do that yep i'm a convenience kind of guy <laughs> All right, we should take this discussion a smidgen over to um, what we played this last week together. A little bit of uh, Grindfest Friday talk. We played a little bit of Windcraft, which is worth talking about because I do want to say this is a pretty incredible game. Mm-hmm. I actually played it uh, more after the, the Grindfest Friday video on my own. I-, I felt compelled to log into my own and play it. And the more you play it, the more you enjoy it, actually. Because it's you know at, at first, it's just a novelty experience of this MMORPG built on Minecraft, right? But there's definitely more to this. You know, You play it. And you really realize that this game was built with love. Like the guys that made this game really care about it. They've been working on it for a long time. And the detail is there. The world is beautiful. There are so many hidden puzzles in the game. There are Easter eggs. You go behind the store, you find a cavern, like a pathway that goes somewhere else. You have to find these five switches there. And then you go through this puzzle, this intricate like world. And it feels it just, it just really well done. I mean, for, for at first, it felt like a novelty. But as you play, this is like a real game. Like this is a in-depth MMORPG that I would argue is more fun than like so many of the Korean grinders we've played. And it's it's it, if you have Minecraft, uh, check it out. It's just a free-to-play, you know, little MMORPG built on the game. And I I, I see myself logging it again. I played some more. Some of my friends are already on it too. My buddy Kiyoshi has been playing it a lot, hyping it even more than I have. He absolutely loves this game already. So it's I think it's pretty incredible. And uh, don't forget. This game, each channel can hold what sixty people. Yeah, there you go. This gold sixty players so, per channel. So this uh, Minecraft MMORPG mod can hold more people per channel than uh, than uh, Conan Exiles. How does? <laughs> but what this tells me too is like, you can't underestimate the passion of like uh, like if you have a, if you like one or two people that are really in love with what they're creating, right? They make a game out of passion. Like amazing things can happen. Obviously, not all the time, right? But like, I guess. I probably have you know. I'm remembering the more recent successes, stuff like Stardew Valley. You know, it was made by like one guy, and it was a freaking amazing game. And I'm playing a lot of these mods, like the guy that made Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. You know, he made the original armor mod for Battle Royale. Like this guy's mega passionate. He was able to do something amazing. You know, I feel like modders, passionate modders, just they make amazing things. And we've seen it like time and time again in in the stuff in Minecraft, the custom maps in Warcraft Three. You know, Dota was again a spinoff from a custom map. So it's amazing what you can do when you have really passionate developers. And, you know, it's not always, you don't always get the passionate developers because, you know, big corporates in the way too sometimes. 
Yep. So it's uh, it's, you know, have you? Here's a question, Omar. Have you tried other Minecraft stuff since then besides Minecraft? No, I, I have. Every time I hop, hop into Minecraft, I just feel compelled to log into my character and just go back to just killing things. And as I'm as I'm grinding, you know, you find a new cave. You want to go in that cave. You're in. You know, you find all this new shit right away. It's like a weird sense of wonder. The only detraction from Minecraft, in my opinion, is it's kind of held back by some of the Minecraft uh, UI elements, because you know some of the UI elements are intuitive for MMORPGs, and they kind of had to build around it, like the questing system and stuff, and the lack of built-in minimap. But the website works, so it's okay. But like, no, I, I've yet to try the other custom stuff. Though I'm sure there's some amazing, you know, player-made content and amazing mod servers and stuff for Minecraft. Yeah. So, so I just we just bought uh we both I think bought Minecraft just to try Windcraft. But mm -hmm. since buying it, you know, I kind of dabbled in a, in a, you know, I made a vanilla world for myself. And I, I went online and I found texture packs and shader packs. And you can make the game look gorgeous. Like, it looks like, is this real life? You know, let me Google some of this stuff. Minecraft. And uh, so what I did was I maxed everything out. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm running a, I'm running a 970 here in uh, uh, Turkey, a 970 GTX. I couldn't run this game. Uh, my really my, no. I, well, the way I did it, at least I maxed everything out. Uh, mm -hmm. My fan was like humming, Vroom! and I, <laughs> and then my frames were dropping. I couldn't hit sixty frames on Minecraft, guys, with with the graphics you know all the way. Uh, I'm trying to find a good video for this, but some of these really make it look like realistic. Uh, it was oh here I found one. Here we go. So this, this, so the game can actually look pretty good if you run all the mods uh, properly. Yeah, looking, it looks pretty crazy, beautiful. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but I, I, I'd be interested in trying other uh, mods and stuff. Like there's, like, I'm sure there's a lot of survival and uh, you know, mm -hmm. defense kind of maps. Definitely. But if if you have Minecraft, check out that Windcraft. It's more than a novelty. I think uh, you check it out. I think a lot of you guys will like it. There's over a thousand players last time I checked on there, so it's not tiny. My, that water looks gorgeous in the video. Yeah, yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah, like you got to find the right uh, video and stuff. But but some people make it look insane. Holy crap. Looks like a completely different game. Yeah, I wonder if your 1080 can run this stuff. But a real test of a gaming PC is if you can play Crisis on Mac settings, right? <laughs> I feel like that meme died a long time ago. But old man Remo here just keeps bringing it back. I don't think I've heard anyone else bring that meme back up except me. Uh, I, most people don't even remember that meme. We're getting old. Oh man, <laughs> I just want to try Minecraft again after watching these videos, or try to get it to work. In fact, I think the first thing I'm going to do when I get back to America uh, next month mm -hmm. is uh, try to try some Minecraft uh, texture and shader packs on my 1080. It's pretty funny because we're always kind of we're a little bit old to a lot of these games, right? Because uh, you know we just bought Minecraft recently. It's been out for years and mega popular. And even funnier is my brother and I just bought uh, Dead by Daylight, right? This game that was mega popular, like over a year ago now right we just started playing some dead by daylight like we're we're so behind on some of these games that it's funny like these mainstream mega popular games that all the streamers play but I, i'm enjoying dead by daylight and people are playing you know this friday the 13th game now so maybe i'll get that one too in like a year when everyone's you know done with it oh man i really want to play that but 40 bucks again oh i wish it was like a four pack i could buy for like you know like 80 i'd, I'd pay like 80 bucks for a four pack Oh, there's no more four pack things anyway on Steam. Remember? <laughs> no, they, they, you still can do it, but you got to send the emails directly. Oh, right okay. Away. You can't like hold the copies. You got to you got to send mm -hmm. it to everyone uh, at checkout, I guess. I see. Yep. All right, we should talk a little bit about uh, caravans. Let's get some hype going. Oh, all right. All right, that's nice. This this I think I was more hyped for this than you were actually. All right, let's see. You all right. Lead us. So, uh, a new Japanese MMORPG was announced uh, recently. 
I'll, sh- I'll play the trailer while I talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's called Caravan Stories. It's got that great. Oh, it's got great music too. I gotta turn the music up. So this is gonna be a multi-platform PC and uh, mobile MMORPG. We've heard this a lot, actually. Uh, what was it? Um, Albion is trying to do this, right? Lineage Eternal. Lineage Eternal. Lineage Eternal is trying to do this, mm-hmm. and now we got Caravan Stories. Gorgeous-looking anime MMORPG with uh, great music, great you know stuff, and it's got a little bit of like the collector aspect to it because it's a mobile game, and Japanese people love their collector stuff. So you make a party of up to six characters, uh, and you fight like that. I'm I'm not exactly sure what that, how what that means. Like, is it turn-based? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really show any gameplay, but just the visuals and audio has me hyped by itself. The visuals and audio are, are beautiful. If I mean this video alone, I'm gonna drop it in chat as well in case you guys want to see it by yourselves. I don't. Know, it just it just like uh, has this really like Dragon Questy vibe to it, but I think it looks gorgeous. The music fits it really well too. The character designs are kind of cool, but I'm just questioning the mobile element to it too because it'll be cross-platform on both mobile and PC. And some of the you know bullet points that was an interview I think on Famitsu magazine about this game some of the bullet points made it seem a bit like have a waifu collector or like a traditional hero collector elements to it and you have this caravan that comes with you they can the battles with you and stuff like I don't know what the gameplay is actually like and I kind of wish the trailer made it a bit more obvious but we we don't know the trailer is mega beautiful and mega hype but I'm just concerned it's going to end up being this mobile game with some like you know janky <laughs> PC version that's not going to be it's like I don't know if it's going to be the MMORPG that we kind of envision what an MMORPG is you know it might just be this mobile game with some PC component to it um, it's it will have an open world it will have rating uh, it will have a party system wait if it has open world rating and a party system okay I'm more confident now that it's going to be something you know more but, legit but here's the thing I'm not sure what that means like here I'll show you like a screenshot so you can see like raid bosses or mobs right on the open world. But the thing is, is it gonna launch like a, is it gonna launch, like a, a screen where you fight the mob? Like it's, I don't think I don't know what the fighting is gonna be in open world, right? Hmm. Uh, because it does have a interesting feature. It's called observer mode, so you can actually watch other parties fight, uh, uh, raid bosses. So what to me that sounds like it's gonna be the the b- battle takes place like in an instance, you know, turn based or whatever hmm. it is. Whereas in the open world, you kind of just collide with them to start the event. But if it's persistent, I'll be, I'm optimistic. All right. If it has the, you know, persistent open world, you can walk around. Even if you collide with things, you fight them that way. I think Atlantica did that as well. People kind of forget that Atlantica was a thing. But like, if it could do it at least like that, I'll, I'll still be impressed. You know, because all I know about this game was what I read on the bullet points, and from there it didn't seem too interesting. But after hearing you explain that there is a persistent world, mm-hmm. I am definitely more optimistic about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks fun. And, you know, whether we like it or not, I think games like this, eventually, as, you know, phones get more powerful, as mm-hmm. um, more people use phones all day, uh, the next, you know, if we want big MMORPGs with lots of players, uh, it's going to be it's gonna be some kind of crossover like this, where it supports mobile and PC. I think this is the best we can hope for. Uh, it's better than just being mobile only, right, where there's no chance mm-hmm. of deeper gameplay. So, uh, Do you think that's, like, the holy grail, though, of, like, the next, like, and more, and there's not the next holy grail of, like, gaming, maybe, like, a mixed between pc and mobile some kind of you know hybrid <clears throat> yes yes i do i think a lot of what makes mrpgs great is uh you know just you always mentioned the little things the emotes the collector mm-hmm. the housing the the player carts or whatever right all that mm-hmm. stuff so all that stuff can be done and managed and and you know explored on a phone whereas the hardcore stuff like the you know, combat guild you know guild raids guild wars 
that can be done on the PC. So there's no reason not to, you know, have a world that supports kind of both gameplay styles. Yeah, and people are people in the chat are saying mobile with the death of us, mobile cash scams. Uh, I don't. That's not that's an over. I think uh, we do need to start embracing it a little bit. I mean, you can't if you just instantly write off all mobile gaming as like uh, this trash cash grab games. Feel like you're going to be kind of left behind, and you'll you'll feel like the old man when everyone's uh, you know playing a lot of these mobile games. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm, I am as skeptical as they come for a lot of mobile games. I think a lot of mobile MMOs, a lot of mobile RPGs are kind of crap. Just my personal taste, but I can still find games I enjoy. Uh, namely, off the top of my head, I Clash Royale is a pay-to-win game. Still enjoyed that. I'm enjoying the the King of Glory, that Chinese MOBA. I think you can still have you know good games on mobile, fun games, even if they have some cash grabby elements to them. I'm hoping, you know, Caravan Stories uh, does well when it launches here, if it ever launches here. This is, you know, right now, only a Japanese release. Nothing was mentioned about a Western release just yet. Yep. But we will discover, you know, again, what a mobile PC hybrid looks like when it comes to Lineage Eternal, which unfortunately, I think we mentioned last time too, it got pushed back because uh, they fired, like, the lead guy involved with that. We talked about that in previous episode. But Albion Online and Lineage Eternal are, are the near-term uh, examples of PC slash you know hybrid mobile games. I think Albion Island would probably be the most recent launch. Mm-hmm. You know the and the non beta non white beta begins in July. Someone in chat actually linked uh, some early gameplay footage for Caravan Stories, which by the way mm-hmm. is, is expected to release this year. So this is not going to mm-hmm. be like a five year never coming out game. Uh, and from what the video is showing, it's it's you know it's an open world combat. So I was wrong. It's not, awesome. It's not. I'm uh, glad that he liked this video because I haven't seen this before. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't seen this either. So, so it looks- it's been in development for a while already. Since this video is from last year, but seeing yeah. this gameplay video, you know, we've seen some actual combat now. So that's actually pretty cool. And a lot of people in chat obviously are very anti-mobile gaming. It seems right. But what everyone has to remember is, look, mobile gaming is really new still, right? The iPhone came out in two thousand seven, and even when iPhone first launched, it didn't have the App Store. So mobile gaming is you know less than ten years old at this point, and and it's already changed so much. I remember the original mobile games were like Pong, right? Like, uh. Those like little click like jump games and stuff. Cut yeah. the ropes and shit. Cut the All rope. Yeah, big... yeah, yeah. Fruit Ninja, just nonsense. Mini games. Then we got the cash grab strategy era, right? Where everyone mm-hmm. launched like a Clash of Clans, Game of War, you know, all that nonsense. But now we're starting to see some real games. You know, whether it's Hearthstone, which is a real game, it's not a cash grab, right? Uh, Clash Royale, not Clash of Clans. Clash Royale is a is a good game. It's a real game. So we, we mm-hmm. are seeing real games. Uh, so I, I don't think it's fair to write off all mobile gaming. Up to this point, like like in the past like you know eight years, most were garbage. Ninety nine percent were garbage. But we are seeing a few real high end, you know, high development budget, high production value mobile games. And I think that'll continue as as the uh, hardware gets stronger. And I, in the video in the background, I wanted to point out uh, in combat, there's that that wonderful button in the bottom left corner that says auto. Oh, you saw I that? Know it's it's the bane of so many players. I mean, I, I know. I, I did a lot of first look videos for some of these mobile games, and when people see that auto button, it gets them furious. You know, it's like oh, this game it. that plays itself. I know we talked about in a, I think a previous podcast that when you you know, for example, when you find a game with auto movement, it's like it turns you off from the game too because it makes you think that like, the developers don't care, right? If they have auto in the combat too, it can kind of you know, it feels very cheesy sometimes. A lot of mobile games are doing it. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's it <laughs> doesn't ruin this game. Uh, I'm really hoping it's done. You know where player input adds like strategy and the auto gameplay is just for like the bare bones grindiness of like if you're grinding really low level monsters you can do auto play but like i hopefully you know it doesn't feel super cheesy uh, yeah we'll have to see i mean 
you know, even though I'm defending mobile gaming here, I really haven't played uh, any of these mobile MMORPGs. My brother actually has much more experience than that, whether it's Ragnarok or Lineage or Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yo, listen, the Ragnarok mobile game is fun. It's beautiful. I just kind of wish it didn't have the cheesy autoplay. Look, if it didn't have the autoplay, I feel like it'd be an amazing game. And I, I would like, there's something about the mobile autoplay that makes it seem like it's so low effort. Like, when I first logged to that game, I was killing things manually before I hit the autoplay button. I was like, this game is freaking amazing. This is like a real MMORPG on mobile with these, you know, writing world I've, I've grown to, you know, grown up with and loved. But then when I find the autoplay button, I'm like, all right, I leave my phone plugged in and it's playing Ragnarok mobile for me, right? And what's stupid is that game requires so much battery that while plugged in, it would still drain battery. Like, it, it couldn't charge fast enough, right? While, while plugged into the wall. So every like five hours, every like ten hours, I, have to rest- I would have to the game would just turn off because it runs out of batteries, even while plugged in. But I I realized I'm not actually playing the game. I must have like fifty hours into that game or more, probably right, more than fifty hours. But there's no actual input by me. Like every every like few hours, I go, I, I pick up my tablet, I put all my stat points in, and I put my tablet back down. Right? That's not that's not a real MMORPG. That's not me playing the game. That's me be play- That's me playing a glorified version cookie clicker with like a different interface. I really don't hope all mobile games go that avenue. Uh, and you know, it saddens me that they, they all are basically right now. My favorite part of that story was the fact that even when it's plugged into the wall, the yes. game drains the battery faster than you can fill up. I, that's hilarious. It's unbelievable. It would get so hot too. I mean, it was on my Android tablet. And I would put my my, 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 window, my uh, brightness down to the least possible, right? <laughs> and it would still drain. I don't know how. It's truly remarkable. That's awesome. No audio either, obviously. But uh, these, what's crazy is you know you have this one Japanese company called Azobima. God bless Azobima, right? They they were pretty early on in the mobile and more PG arena. I'm even going to show you a quick. Uh, let me find your first look. I did. They were pretty early on in the mobile and more PG uh, world, right? And all their games don't have autoplay. They're all like real and more PGs. Like they have these persistent worlds. They have these um, like. It's all a real persistent world, no autoplay, traditional MMORPG experience. But, I mean, they're fairly popular, but it's not like what caught on. The autoplay games are what caught on, and they, they totally define the genre at the moment. I, I'm just hoping with what you said comes true, that this is a kind of a stepping stone to something bigger and better. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. there's still hope for a lot of mobile MMORPGs. Did you happen to link that video? Or no, no, I didn't. I couldn't oh. find it real quick. All right. Well, I, yeah. So, um, let's see. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for Caravan Stories. I think... Honestly, when I first heard Albion online, which is coming out mm-hmm. soon, uh, July, right, is it was yep. gonna have you know crossplay. I got really excited for that because I do think it's important to um, to not fragment people. You know, there are a lot of things, even even as hardcore people, right, who who played you know whatever it is we played, you know, Star Wars Galaxies, EverQuest, whatever. So much of what you do in an MMORPG, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen, whatever, is so much of it is just sitting in base, you know, sitting in your house selling buying trading chatting you can do all mm-hmm. that on a phone so it doesn't have to take away from the the other parts to just be able to do some stuff on your phone and and here's the beauty too i feel like we as pc hardcore and more pg players right we that you know though we look at games like uh these autoplay and more pgs on mobile and we kind of get look at them and discuss i feel like we can't do that and here's the reason mobile whether we like it or not is the future of a lot of these games right like this is where all the development money is going to go and the best we can hope for is a good cross-platform, a good mix of both, right? Otherwise, we will literally be left with nothing else. Like, we won't get any more new games. No more things will be invested in PC gaming if we don't embrace this. You know, at least we can take part in the growth of, of you know, MO gaming 
if there's a cross-platform mix between the two. If we shun it completely, it's almost like we're going to be left behind and yeah. everything will go towards mobile gaming. That's dark. There is still hope that a cross-platform you know, solution will be a win-win for everyone, right? So I think stuff like uh, you know, Caravan Stories or Lineage Eternal or Albion Online, that cross-platform solution could be like the saving grace of like, you know, for, for older MRPG players, the people that want the more hardcore experience, to, you know, to at least be able to have that to a degree if there's that cross-platform, if that makes sense. A, a, a dark future you're describing. I, I am describing a dystopian future, right? But it, it's really, I feel like it's the only way out right now because I think we've, we've talked about it before. I don't see a big company plowing $100 million or $50 million on a big PCM RPG. It's going to become rarer and rarer. All the money is going towards mobile, and the reason being is games like Lineage 2 Revolution, mobile and RPG with autoplay, <clears throat> made over $100 million in its first month, you know, uh, King of Glory made $400 million in the first month. These mobile games are making more money in one uh, one month than most of the most successful PC games in the world make all year. You know, a massively successful game like World of Warcraft <coughs> made $800 million in 2015. You know, this mobile MOBA from Tencent made $400 million in one month. You know, two months of revenue is more than what WoW made in a whole year. You know, with, with this kind of success, you're not going to see too much more money plowed into PC-only and more PGs. Or, or I, I got to play a video to... Uh... To counter what you're mm. saying here, you know this is right. this seems like defeatist talk. I am. Uh, right. I'm going to play uh, the Independence Day speech here. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> we will let's not go it. quietly into the night, okay? P PC gaming is not going to be that dark. All right, I think. I think certain genres. You might be right, especially the kind of games MRPGs. I think. Yeah, I, and there's the thing. A lot of MRPGs have like the kind of housing stuff, and phone games can do all that. But I do think the hardcore rating, the you know the PvP, open PvP games are going to stay PC. The hardcore you're describing, though, like, if the market for hardcore was as big, you're right, right? The PC audience would be there. But the audience for hardcore PC games, hardcore P uh, PV hardcore MRPGs, right, are games like um, Darkfall, right? These hardcore experiences, they're, they're, they're niche, they survive off a small player base. I think the vast majority of PC MRPG players, I mean, compared to mobile, we're all pretty hardcore, right? But, like, they're still pretty casual, which is why I think... Uh, a lot of the mobile autoplay and more RPGs do so well is because, you know, a lot of the PC players are still kind of casual. I, don't know, I just love this video. That's all I'm listening to. <laughs> the video is pretty great. This is an excellent speech. We're going to survive. PC gamers will survive. <laughs> the, the aliens of the chat are the Korean mobile developers. Is that what this is? Oh, that's a good. That's a good comparison. Yeah, see, the, the aliens are mobile gamers. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get through their. We gotta hack their phones. We gotta hack Android, all right, and just disable all their phones. <laughs> So how how did he get on the ship anyway? Did they, did they like snuck inside of it and blew up a nuke or something? I forgot what happened. Independence Day. No, no. What was his name? Goldblum, Goldblum or uh, snuck an Apple uh, laptop into the mothership and plugged a USB. And he hacked it, right? No, he like plugged a he like uploaded a virus with his like USB port. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah, he plugged his USB to the alien ship. Makes sense. It is a universal serial bus. Yeah. Right? it is universal. Exactly. The whole universe. So that's, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we got to do, guys. All right. Hmm. Yeah, take out the alien mothership, which which is the Apple headquarters. They actually built the mothership. Uh, the Apple uh, HQ actually opened. It looks like a, quite looks like an alien ship of sorts. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm really hoping Albion Online, which is again the most recent PC slash mobile hybrid that launches, does really well. And I'm actually looking forward to playing it on mobile. I've played on PC and I think it's pretty cool, right? But like. I want to see what it feels like on mobile. Because if they can pull off that mobile experience half decently, I'm sure some people have played it, so if anyone has, let me know. But if they can pull it off well, 
if those lineage eternal videos we've seen of the mobile gameplay is as you know at least as what it looks like that's that could be amazing that is i have hope there's hope there for me <laughs> Ray says, "Holy shit! Independence Day was a prophetic piece about PC master race versus Android and mobile users. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> there you go. It all makes sense now, boys. All right. I mean, let's talk about another. Let's talk about a PC uh, MRPG and a PC flop. All right. Kind of transition over here to something related. Uh, Nexon is launching a PC MMORPG." I don't know if it's a big budget MMORPG, but it's a game called Estelia. Look at this uh, little gameplay trailer for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nexon has been uh, has been pretty has, has been failing a little bit lately, because while this game the closed beta is set to begin next uh, next month, I think June first. It's obviously we have no word on a Western release date. If there's ever a Western release date, I will try making a first look video for it if I can. If I get to the beta, and I'll do my best to do that. But it, it's like some PC MMORPG with card game elements. And Nexon is still not giving up on PC. So that's, you know, everyone likes to shit on Nexon, but at least they're still releasing PC games, right? PC MMORPGs. However, Nexon has proven that they are, you know, oftentimes uh, mega fails because they they flopped quite a bit with Sun Attack too. If you want to talk about that a little bit, huh? Uh, well, first about Astelia. So this game was mm -hmm. first announced in um, 2014. And mm -hmm. so it's already been, what, three years since then? And Long time. Un unfortunately, this game is also using Unreal 3. Ah, uh, it's why not even four, three. Unreal 4 guys came out in 2012. I I don't know why so many games are still using um, Unreal Fringe. 3. Yep. Um. So I don't know. I'm not too hopeful. We'll see. The graphics look okay. Uh, the interface looks kind of basic. Uh, it could be good. But I'm always mentioning um. He was mentioning sudden a sudden attack, right? That's what it's called. Two, yep. Sudden attack two. So Nexon spent twenty something million dollars on this game, and guess what? Within three months, they closed it. So they just blew th twenty million dollars for a game that survived for uh for uh, three months. <laughs> what a disaster! Twenty million dollars down the tubes, and they just shut it down so quickly. Uh, I think on uh, this, yeah. It also used Unreal Three, by the way, not four. So that's there's uh, another issue there. You know, the only like I guess Nexon or Korean MMORPG I'm really looking forward to, maybe besides you know the the same stuff everyone kind of wishes on their player like Lost Ark or Lineage Eternal. Uh, I'm still like I may be the only one. I'm still kind of hopeful about Peria Chronicles. It, <laughs> it still sounds unique. You know, games like Peria and games like Maple Story Two, I think are are a little bit different. You know, they offer something a little bit different on the platter than the Korean grinds we're used to, with some uh, player-made content, player-made like uh, there's additional emphasis on social elements. You know, non-combat elements, and both Peria and Maple Story Two have that, which is why I'm optimistic on them. And particularly in Maple Story Two, I want to talk about a little bit about games that I think uh, surprised a lot of people because uh, Black Desert Online, for example, and uh, Terra, for example. I mean, what do these two games have in common? All right, see if you can g what, guess what, what I'm going out here. What which two games? Uh, Black Desert Online, okay. Terra, and that's all I got off the top of my head. Those two games. The action combat, I guess? No. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm thinking uh, these games are more successful internationally than they are in the home market. Oh, okay. That's true. But quite a bit more successful. Terra, I think at one point, even shut down in Korea. Whereas it's, it's always made a majority of its money from uh, Western markets, right? Mm -hmm. And Black Desert Online, it, I, it's not a very big hit in South Korea at all. Yep. But it is a massive success in, in the Western market. 
So I think, and, and these are the exception, right? Because most of these games, whether it's MapleStory, DFO, so many of these Korean MRPGs are way more popular in Korea and Asia than they are in America. But Terra and BDO, they just do really well in America. And I think, I, I strongly believe, and I wish MapleStory 2 launches, I think MapleStory 2 will do much better in America than it will in Korea. Really? It is an innovative, like, amazing, like, it's a weird mix of MapleStory and, like, Second Lifestyle, like, player-made content, mini-games, Minecraft elements, like, a lot of stuff that isn't a part of the traditional MRPG. A lot of, you know, non-combat gameplay. And it's a lot of really fun stuff that I think the game does really well. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you on that. I think, think here's my gauge. If a game's going to do well in the East or the West, okay? Mm -hmm. If your dad walks in on you playing a game, are you going to be embarrassed or not? So, if you're going to be embarrassed, it is going to do better in the East than the West and vice versa. What? What a weird-ass benchmark is that? So, if I'm playing MapleStory 1 or 2, right? And then my dad walks in and he's like, son, are you like 8? What are you doing? Is this Mario? Okay, I'm embarrassed. So that means it's going to do well in Korea and Japan. Now, if he walks in and sees me playing Black Desert, right, or Terra or whatever, and he's like, oh, wow, you're killing that ore. Good job, son. Here's a raise on your allowance. And then he goes back to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty so, funny. Okay, just, just keep this in mind next time you encounter a game from, from Asia, okay? Like whether it's, if it's got big anime titties or, or, or like a lolly, okay? Just, ima- just, just keep this in mind. <laughs> What's, it's actually pretty funny. Luckily, I don't have to worry about that with my dad walking in with I'm playing or watching because I do sometimes, like, when I'm watching anime or I'm playing some game, right? I do sometimes think, like, holy crap, like, what if somebody walked on me playing this? Like, <laughs> like it, you shouldn't have to explain to them. Hold on, hold on. I swear, it's not, like, weird, right? But if you have to say that, it kind of is a little bit weird, but it's, it's a funny thought process that I never really thought about, but uh, it, it's weird. I, I don't think if that's a sole determinant because, like, Minecraft is cartoony and whatnot, right? But like, plenty of adults play Minecraft. Like a lot of, you know, non eight year olds play Minecraft. Still a great game. It's a rule of thumb. There's always, of course, there's exceptions here and there, but uh... <laughs> and there's a difference between Minecraft and like one of some of these pervy cartoon games from from the from our, from the Orient, shall I say? Like the massive <laughs> big titty uh, character in Critica. Oh, what, what was that one mobile hot. game? Uh, Destiny. Oh, I'm gonna find it for you. Okay, yes, Destiny. Destiny. Did you do a video for it? I did. It's hilarious. All right, all right. I mean, let me find it. I'm gonna link it to you. This is a game that you have to like, kind of. Um, right from the get go, I think I, I did it right at the beginning. It's pretty good. All right, all right. We can find some it. better videos online, maybe. But like, just start watching right at the beginning. After like ten seconds, you can just see like, if your dad sees you playing, they should be like, all right, maybe he thinks you're trying to fap or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, lovely comment uh, in chat. As a dad, I hope I catch my son playing Maple Story so I can disown him. <laughs> so oh, imagine you're on the bus, guys, or the, or the subway, and you're playing this game, Destiny's Child, with this moaning, big titty uh, lady. <laughs> so well, we find that the, yeah, this game must no, be. I, I, I got going. I got going for you. Look at this video from uh, this is game. This is their official uh, video for it. This is their trailer. Look right at the beginning. Okay. The first like two seconds, this giant titty girl just bouncing up and down. So this game must be killing it in Korea, right? (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) if you play as much MMOs as we do, having children is a miracle. (laughs) Like, look at this trailer. There's so many like these big booby characters. Just hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I love MapleStory, but you know, I do think my rule of thumb holds. 
Listen, I'm not embarrassed about playing MapleStory. I try to I try to rope people into playing MapleStory with that like have never played the game. Like and I, I think it's fun. So I think most people that end up playing it will, you know, enjoy it. But <laughs> But Destiny Child, guys, uh interesting interesting artwork in the game for sure. Alright. Get you a girl that's okay with this, then you're good. Yes, that's she, then she's a keeper. We can play Destiny Child together. Well, speaking about uh, games, you know, doing better here than there, uh, Terra, like we mentioned last week, is uh, celebrating their fifth anniversary, and they released this infographic to kind of highlight their accomplishments. Um, Six point six million accounts created in five years, and this is only for the, I believe, North American version. So not not the Asian version and not the European version, which is handled mm-hmm. by, uh, I think, GameForge or something. Yeah. So uh, 6.6 million uh, characters. Oh, no, two, 21 million characters on 6.6 million accounts. Most popular class, warrior. Uh, this kind of, this is more your boat right here. Most popular race somewhere. Do you know what it is? Uh, I, I know it. I've seen this infographic. And I, I knew before I saw the infographic, it would be Ellen's for sure. Oh, no man. surprise. They're the lolly characters. I know, yeah. I, I know you get triggered by them, but uh, that's where they're at. Look, yeah, I, I, I don't think I would ever play an Ellen or a Lala fellow or whatever. Mainly because they don't fit the setting. You can't have like a like a warrior who's an Ellen and like they're equal and like you know like mature sounding and like you know leading the army or something. It just it just breaks my immersion. I'm sorry. Well, speaking of Ellens, uh, I remember when I first uh, when, I, when I was making a video for uh, Terra and was hopping on to play again. I, I was making an Elon character and I randomized my appearance three times in a row. Look what I got. Like see. every time I got the most like. Uh, a character with many extra chromosomes, as they say. Just show this off. It looks absurd. This is from randoming? Yeah, I ran them three times. This is what I got. Three times in a row. I swear to God. I, I swear to me. It's absurd. Like I, I didn't make them look ridiculous. This is a random three times in a row. The the, the one on the right, the third one with the pink hair, <laughs> it, it kind of looks like this one like actual person I've seen. <laughs> Besides the what? hair. The face. The face. <laughs> So I said, never hit random in a Terra character creator. Like, I swear I didn't make these on purpose. I ran three. I even cherry pick, right? These were three times back to back. I was mind blown. I had a few worse ones, but like, I didn't start taking screenshots after the second one. For some reason, my auto random on Terra always came out looking, you know, That's autistic. Impressive. impressive. And I don't, I don't mean to use autistic in a derogatory term. We'll get, get you know, sensitive about that. I mean, I think I'm using it correctly in that my character did look autistic over there. <laughs> Kill them before they lay eggs. The, burn them the, with fire. They look like they're really, really high too. Like, like. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, looking at the infographic you linked earlier, what I was most surprised by by this infographic was the fact that there's only six point six million accounts created. I mean, that's not really that much, is it? No. Uh, I, you know, a lot of times on this podcast, we like to talk about big numbers. You know, big numbers are fun. Yeah. You know, they get excited, and of course, a lot of these big numbers come from China. You know, with with mm-hmm. a billion people. So uh, in North America, you know, in America, you know, with a much smaller population, uh, this game is considered a success. You know, Terra is still going; it's successful. Uh, so I guess six million people is good enough. You know, I mean, it's it's lasted a long time. It still does pretty well on Steam. I think it's pretty. It's still a pretty fun game, and they show like uh, they've done a pretty good job with the cash up as well, which is why I was uh, optimistic about Critica's launch. I mean, in mass, again, it's still kind of weird that in mass is publishing this like five year old uh, action MRPG just now in America. But with the way they've managed the Terra Cash app, I'm optimistic they're not going to do anything stupid with Critica. 
So that's that's positive. Though I have not played the NA Critica version yet. I, I do plan on checking it out, only because it's still kind of a big game. I just don't like committing time in a closed beta just to get wiped. But we'll see how that does. I, I love in this infographic, they did a little shout out to the richest person in Terra. So there's a player named Kamizuma who has 80 million gold. Um, wow. They, they kind of cheesed it by saying that's worth $100 billion. But how they got that number is 80 million gold coins, like an ounce of gold each, right? But oh, come on. That's bullshit. <laughs> even if you go by the price of gold, like on, on um, you know, gold shop you know, sites, you know, cash shop uh, places, uh, mm-hmm. it equals about, I think, I, from what I read, like twenty to $30,000. So that's wow. The guy is sitting on twenty grand at least in, in, uh, in MMORPG gold. I feel like that's a risky proposition. You know, that, that stuff probably you know, inflates away pretty quickly. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I'm trying to do the math right now. I'm looking right now. Uh, it looks like 100K. Uh, costs about forty bucks. Okay, so it's eighty. That means million. a million costs about four hundred dollars, right? Yeah. So four hundred dollars times eighty. That's thirty-two thousand. Right? Thirty-two thousand. Woo! Uh, or can I? Yeah. Kamizuma, uh, sell sell that some of that gold, man. Buy yourself like a yeah. car <laughs> or a computer. I don't know. I, I feel pretty rich when I play Final Fantasy fourteen. I log into my character. I look at my gold balance. I got three hundred million gil. That's worth like you know like four or five hundred bucks pretty easily on like player auction. So that feels feels good, man. Uh, people yeah, still complain. Of games are Unreal Engine. That game is also on Unreal Engine. I was and s- optimized. I was yep. gonna say that. Yep, yep. Terra since its launch, I've heard complaints about uh, its optimization issues, and once again, I think the problem lies with uh, the engine choice here, Unreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't get away from yes. Actually, here's a good transition, guys. I got some uh, engine-related news. You know, that's that's not every day you get engine-related news. Uh, Unity, everybody's favorite mobile uh, game engine, but not just mobile, mm-hmm. PC as well. Uh, has Hearthstone raised, uses it. Well, yeah, Hearthstone uses it, and I believe Crowfall, which is coming out this year, uses uh, Unity. Uh, Unity has raised four hundred million dollars. Uh, that value with a valuation of two point six billion. And wow. In the world of tech valuations, I think this is super cheap. I, if there was a way I could buy into this, you know, at a small scale, like, you know, give them 10 grand or something, I, I would do it. This company, you know, I think Unity is worth a way more than $2.6 billion. If, if, like, Snapchat is what? Like, $20, $40 billion, whatever it is? It's like $20 billion. It's nuts. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the games that use uh, Unity, guys, uh, Pokemon Go, Hearthstone, like Omar said, uh, Tencent's Mobile MOBA that we talked about last week, uh, King of Glory, which alone made $400 million in one month, uses Unity. So uh, if I was Tencent, you know, why wouldn't I buy the software that my game is made on that's making $400 million a month? You know, <laughs> uh, just seems like a crazy, crazy good deal, uh, Unity here. And just like a little uh, like tidbit for you guys, if you guys don't follow, uh, these engines, typically they offer the engine for free to the, to the big game companies, and they get a, a royalty off the game, right? So I think Unreal Engine 4, for example, they get about 5% royalties after like a certain threshold. So after like $3,000 in sales a month, you have to give Unreal Engine 5% of your sales, which is, you know, a good chunk of change if you're making a lot of money. So when a game like Player Unknown's Battleground sells like $30, $40 million worth of copies in one month, you know, Unreal Engine's making a cool uh, like $1.5 million off that just for powering the game through the engine. So mm-hmm. Unity is probably making a killing off of uh, what they're doing with Hearthstone, what they're doing with... Uh, uh, King of Glory, which made four hundred million dollars in one month, they got they got to throw something to uh, Unity. The the licensing, the, the revenue share percent is is an option, but there's also a flat fee rate usually. Mm. 
So I don't know if like I don't know if Tencent's giving away the farm here. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I mean, yeah. a couple of funny quotes in the actually Bloomberg covered this uh, story. A couple of interesting points um, about Unity here. They say seventy percent of all VR content is made on Unity right now, which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. I mean, you know, VR is kind of very early days, and uh, Unity is a lot easier to work with. Um, VR is kind of big on mobile phones these days rather than standalone. So, but the 70% market share of, mobile, of, of VR is pretty impressive. Uh, another good, interesting quote is, they didn't even need that 400 million. They're making so much money. The only reason they raised that 400 million from uh, venture capital people is so that mm-hmm. longtime employees could cash out. And they even, the, wow. the CEO even said, a big chunk of it is secondary. And it's because it makes uh, sense to let employees buy cars. So they wanted to let employees cash out and, you know, buy themselves some nice Ferraris. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm actually looking at Unity. I don't think they do they do a royalty, actually. Unreal Engine 4 uses a royalty. I think Unity just charges a monthly fee uh, to the developers, which is pretty crazy because, you know, Unreal Engine can make bank off their royalty fee, which is nuts for Unity not to do that, which I guess maybe one of the reasons why a lot of people are using Unity. So they don't have to pay that hefty fee. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, isn't Shard of the Avatar made on Unity? I think so. Yeah. And- yeah, Crowfall, Shroud the Avatar. I'm sure there's I'm sure there are other uh, what is LB? Let me check LB on here. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now too. So we are Unity. seeing Yeah, Unity. Okay. So we are seeing a lot of big name uh Pantheon, Arcage. Arcage? My bad. Pantheon is on uh I didn't Pantheon know that. was on Unity. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So yeah, pretty Unity. Cool. Unity is going places, boys. I would invest. Take my money, Unity. Call me up. I'll give you guys 10K. Let me get in at the same rate, all right? But obviously, they won't take our... 10K is nothing to those guys. They got Moolah. Oh, they don't sh- want our 10K. Shards Online is also Unity. Guys, uh, mm-hmm. E Ballard, uh, it is not Legends of Aria on this on this stream. We will forever call it Shards Online. All right? Legends of Aria is a, is a lame name, IMO. I agree. Shards Online was way cooler. Way cooler. All right. Let's talk uh, one last maybe bit about uh, almost like a, I told you so because I feel like it's worth mentioning. Uh, we did a, a like a video for Mirage Arcane Warfare a while ago, and I think you were the most harsh on this game, uh, Altai. And I feel like this is a moment for you to gloat because the game is doing quite poorly. Uh, right from the get-go, you said it kind of sucked, and yep. I guess you were proven right with the launch that nobody's playing this game. Let me, let me bring up the scene. You know, I've said it before. Uh, I'm always right. And uh, once again... <laughs> That's proven to be correct. This game launched very recently, and it's got one person playing. That one. No, 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 no. forty-two, forty-two, forty-two. Forty-two players. Okay, I'll give you the link right now. Give me, give me that link. Maybe click on beta or something. I did click on the beta. You were right. Okay, so here we go. Forty-two players online. Uh, all-time peak, hundred ninety. So that's pretty sad. Uh, it it just didn't feel fun, you know, compared to chivalry. Uh, so. Speaking of and every day, the peak is going down. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, just play Chivalry. It's still a better game. It's still fun. Chivalry is a great game, so definitely play Chivalry. Uh, speaking of me being right, though, uh, I'm gonna gloat a little more before we end this. We made a few bets uh, recently. One was okay. about the popularity of BDO. Uh, you said about 10 grand concurrent. I said 15. Uh, since it went over 15, I'm gonna take credit there. All right, I'll give you that one. However, yeah. Mister, you're always right. There, we did make another bet too. Uh, if you remember, we we made a bet that, and uh, we all guess when uh, Wildstar was shut down. Do you that's know when an, you said Wildstar was shut down? Do you know old, what you said? I said like what four months ago. 
Yeah, April of 2017. All right. Yeah, you yeah. told me that Wildstar would be dead by April of 2017, and it is still alive and well with a potential new game being made by Carbine Studios, too. It's not going to be Wildstar 2, though. I, I said September 2017, so I still have a little bit of room. I'm probably going to be off, too. I think the game's going to survive for a bit longer. I think I think you're going to be wrong, too. So, in that, you know, it doesn't sound like either is going to win that one. But, but here, mm-hmm. more to the point, I, I overestimated uh, NCSoft's generosity. You know, for such a cruel company that, you know, has no problem killing games left and right, you know, whether it's Tabula Rasa, uh, City of Heroes, mm-hmm. I thought they'd be a little uh, a little harsher here with uh, Wellstar. I thought they'd take it out back and shoot it, but they haven't done it yet. Not yet. Another bet that is still up in the air, uh, back to Ashes of Creation real quick. Uh, last week, I actually conceded to you, but I kind of pulled a, I, I think I think I did that too quickly. I, you said the game would raise 2.2. I said 3 mm-hmm. million or more. And I kind of conceded last week because it was so close to 2.2 and it, it only had a week left and it had no chance, right? But mm-hmm. today, I checked it again and it, it's got 60 hours to go, so it's almost over. But it's at 2.7, so it's very close to 3. I'm not going to concede. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to revoke my concession. <laughs> All right? I feel like you can't, you can't do that. You've already conceded. There's no, like, takebacks. Oh, man. Well, it reminds you there was actually uh, this big European sports book paid out all the bets on uh, Hillary Clinton to win the election in America. It's like a week for the election. They just paid out everyone that bet on Hillary. So they, they, they paid out like millions of dollars. And then when Trump won, they had to pay all the Trump winners too, which is pretty hilarious because they, they thought they were being cheeky by paying out the Hillary bets, assuming she was just going to win anyway. So moral of the story, no take backs. You conceded. <laughs> well, luckily we got nothing on the line. But uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see where uh, Ashes of Creation lands. Uh, I, I just, now, you know, once again, I do think it's going to pass three million or around three million exactly. Uh, 60, 60 hours left. We'll see where it goes. All right. Yeah, and that's a good place to leave it, guys. Indeed. Good podcast as always. Uh, if you guys have seen this on YouTube, check us out live on Twitch.tv/slashembos.com uh, every Tuesday at four p.m. PST for the live experience. It's always better live. Indeed. And uh, for now, we're going to move into the after show. So goodbye, YouTube. Later, YouTube.